Welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, the podcast where we review all the Marvel Cinematic films. And we did those. We've talked about them. We've broken them down as characters in a bracket. We've talked about ones in extended universes. Uh, you would think that we could not come up with any more things to talk about. And yet here we are doing a character retrospective. We did Iron Man last week. And today we are going to talk about Captain America, Steve Rogers, the first Avenger, second to Spider-Man in my heart. Let's go. America, America. America, fuck yeah. Language. I do this all day. Yeah. Yeah, I just had a date. Because I'm with you to the end of the line. The price of freedom is high. It always has been. It's a price I'm willing to pay. I'm not looking for forgiveness. And I'm way past asking permission. Fuck all those quotes to throw together i mean there was really only one song i was going to use once you asked me to throw together another mixed montage for you um how are you doing buddy i'm doing very well happy to be talking about cap tonight this is going to be a very fun conversation and of course producer extraordinaire jay christie how are you buddy oh you're on mute <laughs> <laughs> shows how good of a producer I am. I was actually just gonna say at this at this moment you've been doing a lot more producing, you know, because uh, you got you got the time on your hands. You know, you can't help yourself. You're like, I gotta produce, gotta edit. You know, what am I gonna do? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as as discussed, we are here today to talk, look back at the entire character run of Captain America within the MCU. So that's not just the movies, the first Avenger. Uh, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, Civil War, but just every appearance, and safe to say, Captain America makes a ton of those throughout. Um, we have an opportunity here where we can kind of dive into a little bit of the history, but I actually do want to start off with a history from a different perspective, one that is brought to us by our dear, dear friend Michael Springthorpe. He oh, this has is great. Provided us with a voicemail, which is um, the datification. Yes, that's the first part of it. And then the second part of it is uh, his short uh, Springthorpe skewed review of the first Avenger, which he saw for the which first is, time a few nights ago. <laughs> it's Take great. through the whole history of Captain America and right back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Let's give that a listen right now. What's up, Marvel Cinematic University? It's Springthorpe coming at you live with the homosexual perspective. Longtime listener, fifth time caller. Uh, all right, so uh, Captain America, Mr. Steven Rogers. Um, so uh, I was talking with Jake, and he mentioned that it would be uh, uh, prudent, uh, pertinent, uh, rather, to provide a 
breakdown of the datification, the datification of Captain America slash Steve Rogers. So uh, that's what this is. I'm going to try and do this uh, as unrambly as possible. Haha, <laughs> LOL. Yep. Um, okay, so obviously he starts off as a twink. He's an absolute twink. That's like he's the definition of a twink. Yep. Okay. Although it is interesting to note, um, first off, that one fully buff Chris Evans. I, th- I mean, we all, I think we all know this. Like, he filmed all those scenes where he looks exactly the same. So there's like video of like regular, normal, jacked Chris Evans, like pretending to struggle to do push ups, which I think is really funny. The thing is, with the twink version of Captain America, it, his voice is not good. His voice the looks. Uh, he looks unnatural, but his voice does not match his body whatsoever. Um, I feel like they could have done something about that. Uh, also, he's very corny, um, but I guess that's just Steve. Um, but his voice doesn't match his body, and not even in a way of like a Timothy Chalamet, where like you see it and it's like, oh, how like how is that deep voice coming out of that small bot, that like mm-hmm. frail body? And then you think about it for like more than two seconds, and you go, oh, obviously it means he has a massive hog, but like <laughs> it's too much coming out of uh, Chris true. Evans's voice it's true. coming out of that body. Cause the thing is, is like, quick question. Mm-hmm. Did the body catch up or was it all proportional? If we're, Oh wait, no, 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 no. He's saying that the reason it doesn't work is cause you know, since he's only like no, five, no, three, no, he I'm doesn't post like when the serum. Oh, happens, did it? Uh, it depends. Um, like, what do you think happens at that point? Like, is is it does it all go? Or if he if he's I think it goes proportionally. Somebody. I think it goes proportionally. Um, okay. Great content. Here. I, I yeah, I think it has to go proportionally. Um, right. Because like the thing is that they were sticking the things into his like upper body muscles and his like thighs and stuff. But obviously, there's mm-hmm. no there's nothing going into the groin region. So you have to assume that there's but nothing like, special going on. It funnels. It's I think it's what you call a funnel at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it just it's got to be let's say proportional and just keep it going. How about that? That's fair. I I will just note one thing because the first thing that happens right after uh, the serum is he goes on a big chase where he's super fast. Uh huh. It's pretty interesting if we're thinking now he's carrying a ton more weight. Mm-hmm. In the lower half. Exactly. Uh, he's exactly like running on. He does exactly. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Oh, oh, you know, AC's. I trying to talk. You know, this is a problem that you would have if that hypothetically happened to you. All right, let's keep it going. AC, AC's here for the family side of this, the the, the Disney Plus version of this uh, mm. podcast. Let's just get back into it. It does. It does oh, get Shalom is at least six feet tall. Mm-hmm. I think canonically, Steve Rogers is like five foot three or something. It's insane. So, like, clearly. I don't know that that was the big part. Um, I actually watched Captain America: The First Avenger for the first time tonight. Like, just finished it to like be able to talk about this like uh, correctly. Um, and I don't know. It took me out of the first part of the movie frequently. Okay, so once he gets the Super Soldier serum, he's immediately a hunk. Um, mm-hmm. Almost, Daddy. I'll get to that, but. Uh, um, he's immediately a hunk. He passes through the twink twunk hunk uh, spectrum and goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passes over it rather. Just goes immediately from twink to hunk. Uh-huh. Okay, so I I do have one question, which I wish sure. Springthorpe was here to answer. Um, mm-hmm. Because we he might have, answer it later. <laughs> he might answer it later. But uh, no, no, just because I think, like I watched these in order. Um, mm-hmm. as it came out. So I saw the first Captain America before all the ones afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering 
because he just says he goes like he doesn't go directly to daddy is it because he's aware of like his full daddy potential later on like huh, that's a good question he goes in i think we should like, listen to him talk about why he Spence? thinks he becomes daddy eventually because that that he, i think it, i think he explains it, it answers the question somewhat later so yeah okay okay let's oh uh, just like a demonstration um, uh, or an illustration of this, Timothy Chalamet, as I mentioned earlier, or Peter Parker, those are definitive twinks. A hunk is Captain America, or I would also say Ronan the Accuser, which, by the way, oh, Lee Pace is the only male LGBT actor to play a character that's like a major character in the MCU. This and he's true. also 6'5", and neither of these things are discussed enough for how important they are. You just talked um, a lot with me. Uh, and then, <laughs> so a twunk would, I would say, like, uh, Ansel Elgort would maybe be a twunk, mm-hmm. um, and uh, or like a young JFK. Um, mm-hmm. I would say personally, I would say he's almost daddy when he's uh, you know Captain regular Captain America immediately. Um, some people definitely would consider him a daddy. He's big enough. Mm-hmm. I just I think a twunk who operates an Uber is called a baby driver. That wow. a lot of people would consider him a daddy, and especially in like a sexual uh, situation, people would definitely be calling him daddy. But you don't. You can be called daddy and not be daddy. The moment he like really becomes a true unequivocal daddy is, of course, with the beard and the long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, his hair is better for it's daddy. Uh, it's not okay. more important. And obviously, the thing is, is like daddy versus twink versus bear, not the same thing. Like twink and bear are like tribes. Daddy is more is not a tribe so much in the same way. And so you could theoretically be a bear and be daddy, but I feel mm-hmm. like for the most part, people would kind of be like, well, you're either you're like. If you were like 51% bear and 49% daddy, people would be like, okay, he's a bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I understand this correctly. Daddy can encompass all across multiple tribes. But yes. Like, but like a daddy can, like you got Twink, you got bear, you got Wakanda, but mm-hmm. then like daddy. Goes yeah, daddy is a, yeah, exactly. It's not like a group. Yeah, I think that that's what Wakanda itself saying. is like bro- broken down to multiple tribes. Anyway, Correct, so. exactly. Yeah. Yep. There's, you know, the ones in the mountains. There's the one that T'Challa, the Daniel Kaluuya, you know. Fair enough. Um, he's not a bear, though, because bears typically aren't as in good shape and they're hairy all over the place. Mm-hmm. And even when he's got the beard and the long hair, he's hairless everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when he's got the longer hair, it feel he feels older, um, which is why it's really good. And then... You know, even without it, he's still, I don't know, once you, like, become daddy that first time, I feel like he's just daddy forever. Um, daddy so, emeritus. Um, important moments. <laughs> These are some important moments in the daddyfication uh, or the uh, daddiness, mm-hmm. rather, of uh, Captain America. Um, obviously, the first reveal when the he comes out of, like, that That's contraction daddy, is, right? like, amazing. Um, when he tears the log in half in Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mama. Wow. Yeah, um, in Civil War, Weird. where he's holding on to the helicopter in one hand and the landing pad in the other, and he's like pulling the helicopter in and they get mm-hmm. the nice close up on biceps. Oh my God, I want to die. Um, <laughs> obviously, his first appearance in Infinity War, where he's all bearded and it's like all mysterious and everything. And I would say also when he's sensitively leading the support group with the gay guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, yeah. so now I just have some thoughts about like the movie Captain America: The First Avenger because th- again, first time. So feel free to cut this if you don't want to include it or move stand. around it. Okay, cool. Is there a reason Red Skull became the guardian of the Soul Stone? No, uh, not really. Because he got like sucked into I mean, space it, it, by there whatever. There is a reason, you know. They let me say this. They clearly weren't planning that. It. I think it works where you say like that. That's where he happened to get transported to. But yeah. 
I think it's, it's the equivalent of like when you move to Los Angeles to become an actor, but then you get stuck as a server because you can't like land a gig. Yes. And he's basically, he's working the diner that is holding the soul stone is what we're No, even worse. Here. He's working at like a theme restaurant where like he can, you know, yes. muster up the where courage to lie to himself. Yes. You know, and, yes. and he like can muster up the courage to himself. Like the, when he calls his parents to say that he's acting. But like he's not really yeah, yeah. like he's yeah. it, ended, exactly. it ended up working out perfectly as a still uh, do Nazi stuff. Oh yeah, all the Nazi yeah. stuff. Oh uh, yeah, experience. well you know. Yes, I do. How high are Yes, so yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> happened with the space stone and the tesseract, and that's like what happens when you try and fuck with one of the things. Also, who was the guardian before? Um, Good question. I, I, I still, frankly, my theory is that. They that was the only way they could shoehorn everybody into Infinity War slash Endgame. Um, that is the right. Uh, that is the answer. Know, it still feels weird to me. Um, I also don't think enough is said, or rather, the characterization, the acting is not, and the writing is not strong enough. In the fact that, like, I feel like everybody should be like starstruck, com- except for Thor, should be like completely starstruck that they're like meeting like a celebrity. Maybe they do do that, but I feel, I mean, they get in a giant fight, first of all, in the first scene, first time they all meet each other. But still, I feel like they would be like, oh my God, Captain America, because he's literally like, they were raised with him, like teaching them about That's fitness. Um, also, why does S.H.I.E.L.D. have its offices in Times Square? That's psycho. <laughs> he did not run that far. And That's a good he point. Was immediately in the <laughs> center of Times Square. You could see, like, pause it, pause it, as he ran out of the it. S.H.I.E.L.D. I have on multiple occasions, uh, work, like, work temp jobs in the Times Square area. And I have to say, there is. If you want a, if you are a secret organization, there's not a single place in the world worse to have your offices. Cause like it just it's so oh my god. Also impossible to find lunch that's affordable when you're working there. Isn't just, that perfect in like hiding in plain sight? Sure, I yes, but I think the thing is that if you're hiding in plain sight, there's a happy medium where you can hide in plain sight while not while also not being in the most photographed part place in the entire world. You know what I mean? Is like there a Cheesecake Factory in Times Square? I believe there is. Yes, that is exactly the where the secret base is. It's yeah, that's true. No, and the thing is, and actually, Shout all of Kyle their Mark. all of their uh, missions are actually hidden on the last page of the menu. No one gets there unless you're looking. That's, so that's you never get that far. That's where the secret missions are, and the one slice that no one ever orders, like that freezer, that's mm-hmm. the secret door that leads. To exactly. The exactly. Okay. Yeah, great. Definitely. Okay. Uh, offices like can you imagine agent colson taking like the seven train from woodside and getting like bothered by a guy in an elmo costume like that's what he must <laughs> that's, have a, that's a little new york color um, for you guys also shout, shout i out to, did not remember slash know that stanley tucci was in this movie by the way i just looked it up there actually is in a not factory. in this movie in this movie he's doing paul giamatti drag but wow did you guys see the video of him making a making but I just want to point out a couple of things he said while I was talking over him. He said that he described Stanley Tucci in First Avenger as doing Paul Giamatti drag, which is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Oh, fuck. Some alcoholic drink. Oh, Jesus Christ. He could tear me in half. Oh, he could. Here's the other thing. Abraham Erskine, Stanley Tucci's character in Captain America, the First Avenger, is actually the first openly gay character in the MCU. Here is my evidence. 
when he removes the buff Steve Rogers from the super soldier contraption, he grabs him by his massive bicep first. Like he could have like t- grabbed his shoulder, which also kind of gay, but he grabs the shoulder first. He does. He doesn't do like behind the back. He does like the gayest motion to pull him out. Okay. Also, the whole thing started like he whole thing. This whole thing about Steve Rogers being the super soldier started from this older man spying on a cute twink flirt with his soldier friend and yes that's what was happening there they steve was flirting with bucky if not both if not you know bucky also flirting with steve um so like he's preying on it's like this older gay man like ooh, look at that cute piece of ass or cute Mm. piece of no ass and then like literally (laughs) the last thing he does before he dies is poke Steve Rogers's USDA prime rib of a peck. I'm just saying, Abraham Erskine is representation. Okay, that's everything. I love you guys. Bye. That was perfect. Wow. It, yeah. I think the theory I about Erskine's good, though. Go through, but we could close it out here. Um, I think that that's a great theory, uh, by I'm, the way. I, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really for it, especially the way like he breaks it down, because uh, you do forget how creepy, like, like version one steve rogers and any interaction with him is like on any level from any character in the series uh which honestly you know it brings us into it let's talk about steve rogers uh ac you gave us a wonderful list of topics that we would break down when we go through this retrospective i'm going to start right from the top because this is really one of the um topics i think is most applicable most important for this kind of character but what is your defining moment for Captain America, AC. You know, it's funny. I had to think about this. But I took part uh, a little bit in the Avengers Endgame watch party yesterday. And it's interesting. The defining moment in a lot of ways is we could say, we could say Avengers Assemble because mm. that's just such a cool moment. And I sure. think it's just a mark out moment. I think he uh, says moment. it at the end of Ultron. Oh, shit. Shout, shout out to the to the vehicles out there. Shout, shout out to the first sirens. responders. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, no, what I was going to say was, um, yeah, you could say it's Avengers Assemble, but in retrospect, I think the uh, writers of uh, Infinity War and Endgame were talking about this yesterday, and they basically said, from the moment uh, that Steve had that fight with Tony in Civil War, um, it was able to let him get that secret, that almost like that weight that he had been been uh, holding on to, no matter how it came out. And then he became worthy, which points us back to Age of Ultron when he tried lifting the hammer, and obviously it moved a little bit, but he couldn't lift it because he wasn't worthy at the time. Mm-hmm. So, so okay, there's there are two things I'm wondering about that. Uh, yes. First, do you think he says assemble already? It, at the end of Ultron, where they cut him off before the credits. Pretty clearly, he does. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> like so, that one's obviously a tease, yeah. and it's definitely worth it from a cinematic standpoint to see it the way it was played out. Uh, the second bit is, I kind of feel like he was always worthy, but being humble, Steve, that he is, he just doesn't go all the way of lifting it. Yeah, it's quite a journey that he's been on, and I, um, I don't, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The thing I my my problem with one I just want to say my thing about the theory that he is being humble and not lifting it is that the way that the hammer is standing is that it would be kind of impossible to move it a little bit and then have it stand up straight again 
like mm-hmm. with like it just it doesn't yeah. it, it's not natural anyway anyway mm-hmm. i think That's that it. i think that um <laughs> a real defining moment i think it really depends on what you mean i think that Funnily enough, I think the thing that defines this character so much is the very cheap, corny scene in the first Avenger where they throw the grenade, well, the fake grenade, and he jumps on it and gets everyone away. And, like, that obviously is, like, such a, you know, stark way of showing his character. And it's, you know, like I said, very cheesy. And it's not, that's not the Captain America we end up knowing. But I think that his whole, like, his whole character is like he defines himself by being the guy who will jump on the grenade to the point that like I think his flaws as a person are that he exclude like he is you know at a certain point it seems like he wants to someone to throw the grenade because he wants to throw on is fall on it and die like I feel like that's the the most all he thinks about is how he's gonna sacrifice himself. And right. um, I think that that ends up hurting him in a lot of ways when S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, you know, was bad and, like, things he believes right. in become bad. But I think that his willingness to throw himself on a grenade is what, in my mind, is, like, that's Captain America. That's what makes him cheesy, but that's also what makes him an interesting character. That's interesting that you say that because I think about the end of uh, First Avenger a lot with the, the I had a date mm-hmm. line. And, I, and mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I feel like, Peggy throughout this throughout the entire run of Steve Rogers and the MCU is kind of this over um, this overarching theme uh, with him that he's basically given up an idea that he can be happy and and in the sense he's just focused on the mission here the mission there the mission there saving Bucky and the mission at the same time I think um, uh, Tony talks to him towards the end of Age of Ultron and then he talks about you know, whatever, whatever guy um, who wanted something more uh, went in the ice and then came out a different person. He was just focused on that the entire time. And um, we get to Endgame and then he sees Peggy again. It's almost like he realizes, I got a second chance at this. Right. And he, and he takes it. He does something for himself, which, you know, we're definitely not used to seeing in that aspect. So I, I just found that interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Jake, since you mentioned that grenade scene, I'm actually going to pull out uh, one of our fan emails from Waz, a big time fan and follower, super, super active when it came to the character bracket. Uh, I still don't apologize for any of my tampering, but I'm going <laughs> to just kind of read out a quick email from him. What's up, guys? If I had to boil Cap down to one word, it would be corny. Now, before I get roasted, let me explain. I don't think you get roasted, by the way. No. Calling him corny. I think, like, we've already said it multiple times. Springthorpe said it early on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, back to it. Uh, he's the corniest Avenger, but it works for him since it's earnest. Anyone who would be corny if they were frozen and woken up almost 70 years later. Cap spends every non-Avengers movie he's in trying to figure out his place in the world and realizing that not only is the world not as black and white as he believed back in the 40s, it never actually was. He stood by his strong moral code when in Winter Soldier, he saw S.H.I.E.L.D. start, uh, he saw S.H.I.E.L.D. start believing that freedom was a good trade-off for security. And we saw the world uh, try to do the same thing with the Sokovia Accords in Civil War. Team Cat forever, by the way. Uh, That's a trait not a lot of people would have had, especially nowadays. While there are some things I've never liked about the character, I'm sure in reality he'd be problematic when it comes 
that's interacting with minorities and LGBT people. Do you think he'd be that? Do you think he'd yes. have a struggle with that? There's a bit. I yeah. one of the one of the bits in the three minutes I cut out of Springfield's voicemails about that because there was a controversy on Twitter about that about how he's probably mm-hmm. racist because he's old. Um, which fair play, but uh, yeah. But also, right. like, and also, like, he, he, I don't know, he, you have to believe that he is, like, Captain America is, she's a good guy. Like, I just, I don't know, you have to believe that he is willing to uh, adjust, you know. I, I feel he adjusts pretty quickly. Mm. With it. That's going to be my guess, um, though, obviously, when you're rooted in a culture and time, uh, that would take, uh, that wouldn't necessarily be sure. Yeah, but the thing is, I think but, that if you're um, someone who's, like, open-minded in the 40s, and then you get frozen, wake up in the, you know, 2000s. You're, always, you're definitely going to be catching up regardless. Yeah, it's like you're not going to be like, no, 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 no. What I, what I thought in the 40s was right. Like, you know, because he's – we wouldn't know if he was that big of a dick, you know? Anyway. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so – and uh, I'm a soldier glorification of the American army industrialist complex. This is all overshadowed by a guy who wants to see the good in people and protect everyone. Uh, he references his favorite cap scene, which is the grenade scene. Uh, he wanted me to play the whole scene on here. Uh, uh, no, nope. uh, yeah. Play the scene. I would very but, much not um, like to get the stream taken down on YouTube. It's all good. Yes, and um, yeah, but like it is a big moment for him. So anyway, so he's uh, sorry for kind of meandering all over the place, but this is Bachelor's thesis statement. Cap is corny, but it's earnest. He really believes in people and giving those without any power the benefit of the doubt. He never punches down and instead tries to defend people weaker than him. Shout out to the first Avenger and all his corny yet inspiring speeches. Um, and I think yeah, that's hands down the best MCU solo hero trilogy. I don't think that's a hard uh, thing to. No, no, argue. I think that that's, yeah, like. I mean, it, it's a credit to that, but also a detriment to like really any of the other ones. They're just yeah. there's so much trash. In yeah, there, I agree so with you on that. It's not really. Yeah, uh, that's not a hot take in any way. But, well, I think um, I think the big thing too is that I think that what it just tells you is that uh, any of the characters that have been around long enough to mm-hmm. have three movies, they have at least one movie that was made before they knew how to make them good. Also, are you guys hearing that sound that I'm hearing? That the clipping sound. Okay. Uh, no. Are you, are you recording? Are you recording on your end? I am not. I can start okay. recording. No, yeah, no worries. I mean, I'm just hearing a clipping sound, and I'm afraid it's going to be in the anyway. All right. Well, uh, rounding back to our questions, a uh, defining moment for me is when he basically goes rogue in Civil War. I feel like that is one of the early moments of him making a true to form independent decision, mm-hmm. as opposed to. Most of what happens before where it's usually reactionary to things that are happening around him. Because even when it comes to Winter Soldier, he finds the corruption and then starts acting against it. Whereas here, like, it seems like he's making an active choice. So I feel like this is the beginning of Cap becoming his own person. And then obviously it goes full circle by the end where he gives up the shield in his fight with Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have already looked into the datification of Captain America. Mm-hmm. But obviously over this time, there are things that have aged really well and really poorly so starting off with or actually just give us both what do you think has aged the best and worst actually i think we should do them separately because i think that they're actually not that related yeah, to being. yeah i think it's more fun to okay. do them separately because mine uh, right, my, the best and worst best. not yeah um i think that's the best the thing that has aged best for me is his uh, his goodness i think that 
when the MCU movies first started, I think that he was much cornier than he is now, if that makes any sense. I guess because, mm-hmm. like, the world back then wasn't, uh, I guess, things, it seemed unnecessary to be that corny. And I think it's th- as things in the world have gotten worse, it's like, I think we could use that Captain America more. And he hasn't aged, but like, I guess the thing is, it hasn't aged, it has nothing to do with the actual movies, but like how we consume them. Like, I just, I think that his, as the movies went on, though, even, that, and they started engaging with the world as it was, like, his corniness worked in The Winter Soldier because, you know, it, you need someone who actually, you know, has incredibly firm ideas of what right and wrong are because people who don't will do things like build a system that's supposed to kill terrorists before they become terrorists. You know what I mean? Like that right. you need someone who has that clear of an idea of right and wrong, which once again, seems really cheesy in the first Avenger and pretty cheesy in the Avengers. But as the movies go on and as the world goes on, it's like, you know what? I think we all could be a little bit more like Captain America having right. be taking it that seriously. It's, it's, it's his purity of like operating without an agenda ever. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go with mine just because it's a silly one. Uh, one thing that's aged really well over time is his kicks. Um, generally mm-hmm. speaking, early on, there was an issue in terms of figuring out what exactly his power level was because sometimes he'd hit people and it'd just be like a regular hit and other times he hit them and they'd go far away. But by the time you get to Winter Soldier, Boy, every time he needs someone and they fly in the air, it's my favorite thing. It's mm. my favorite sight gag uh, when it comes to Captain America, uh, that he would literally touch people and they fly into uh, nowhere. AC? Well, it, it's funny because I've had a little bit of a conversation on Twitter over the last couple of days uh, posting this, but I think his loyalty to Bucky has aged the best. Um, uh, thinking about it in retrospect, after all of the uh, litigating that we've done on this show about Civil War and the, and the decision uh, made to withhold that information from from uh, Tony as far as his uh, mother and father are concerned, you know, you kind of go back to the first Avenger and you kind of go back to uh, Winter Soldier and then you realize Steve is willing to die for this dude. He really is. And I thought the, the end fight um, in uh, Winter Soldier where he just beating the crap out of him. And, you know, he just tells him, I'm with you to the end of the line, which is the same uh, line that Bucky gives him uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a flashback scene. And it's like, you know what? I get it. When somebody is willing to stand up for you all the way back then when he was a nobody and he was nothing, um, you know, he, he, that's a hashtag real friends. And, and I, thought, I, I think it's very poignant to think about um, in, in retrospect. But uh, yeah, I would say his relationship with Bucky and his loyalty to him, age the best. Well, I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out as your best because honestly, that's my worst. Uh, I think the worst thing that has aged <laughs> come this. to Captain America yeah. is this whole Bucky thing. Like, okay. I get the friendship. I get um, everything. Like everything you say up to a point is fair. But once we get to Civil War, I'm sorry, like, that is the most infuriating thing about Captain America at that point. And also, I just don't care about Bucky at that by then. Like, I just, why are we even bothering at this point? Um, especially because, like, it's mm-hmm. like, it, like, that is the level of stubbornness that, yes, to a degree, it is, um, it's great for the loyalty, but boy, I could just, 
any problem I really have in terms of like the arc or it just is just all the times we have to address Bucky. Like it's all the times that like just imagine if you are yeah. hanging out with your friends and it just it's that one friend that constantly talks about their girlfriend every time like everything reminds about the girlfriend and they always have to bring it up in the conversation and that's bucky to me and um it's like if cap was out with falcon and falcon was introducing him to i don't know like what what's kind of a newer a, a burrito let's say so like um he introduces him to a burrito and then i could just see like cap being like you know who probably would like this my friend bucky and I can't understand that. So well, for me, like, um, I, I don't know. For me, like, the thing that, like, really ages the worst uh, is just the, like, that we always have to keep going back to Bucky. Yeah, I really do. I really, and that's the thing. Like, I had that, I had that thought not too long ago. Um, and I completely understand it. It, you know, it's, I think it's one of those things where it's just more pro-cap as it is. Um, as opposed to being like, oh, oh, Bucky, great character, yada, yada. Because, you know, I, he's a hype, but, then, you know, nothing to write home about. Yeah. It's, it's more of a pro cap and his own character. You know what's kind uh, of funny, though? Trait. In terms of aging, though, I think that in the last, like, four years, and this is a hot take, I think that, like, <laughs> being loyal to your friends when they very clearly do bad things has aged really poorly. Like, no one looks yes. dumber than when someone's like, <laughs> like, I'm just, like, replace, let's be honest, like, I understand he was brainwashed, but the fact of the matter is, there's a certain amount of murders that your friend commits where it's like, you're actually just, Thank you, you. it doesn't matter how good of a friend you are, like, the amount of times where it's like, I don't care how good of a friend you were with insert person who got me too'd, they're still a, they're a bad person. Like, you, I, it, I don't actually care that girl. much. I don't care that much about how good friends he was with Bucky. It's like he clearly has done some really shitty stuff. We'll talk about later. Thor defends the fuck out of Loki, and the second they uh, note his kill count, he mm. was adopted. It's, and the thing is, and I think <laughs> Thor has a very healthy relationship like that. That he is kind Thank to Loki you. when he can be, and he wants to be, you know. But he's always fair. There's no part of him that ever tries to prevent Loki from getting you know justice on it like it, real and friends anyway are loyal but real friends also call their friends yeah their anyway shoes. yeah so i think that that's like anyway it's kind yeah, of frustrating I it, yeah i think that <laughs> yeah, i think like, loyalty is great and all but it's like uh-huh i guess the thing that i get keep coming back to is it should be unconditional not be unconditional it's even if even if cap wants is completely like you know what he's brainwashed the entire time he's isn't responsible for any of that that's fine i i think that that's pretty fine thing to do but like cap mm-hmm. seems to not be willing to understand the point of view of anyone who's like, hey, I get that you think he's brainwashed, but we know that he killed all these people. Like, we can't just take your word for it. He needs to be held accountable. Like, like, if he's brainwashed, then we'll figure that out. But, like, you can't... Like, if there was video of my friend killing a bunch of people, and even if I thought in my heart of hearts that he didn't didn't do it on his own volition, I wouldn't put myself between him and the police. Like, what the fuck? It it was on the tape. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, that's why he's Captain America, and we're not. I mean, I suppose so. Um, but anyway, uh, I feel, I no. feel, just, just throwing sure. this out here. I feel I can hold Bucky accountable and swing the fuck out of Mjolnir. Still, I feel I could still be that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um. Um. Jay, so you. What so you. Well what hasn't aged well for you? Me. I didn't know what you said. Okay. I think that. I think the thing that really aged poorly is his whole reason for wanting to fight in World War II um, 
Oh, like yeah, yeah. The, the I don't like bullies. The bullies line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, if there is any evidence for Captain America being racist in the present, it's because his answer isn't they're ethnically cleansing the Jewish population <laughs> among other minority populations, and that's bad. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, like, also, it's, by, by Ultron, they're the bullies. I mean, that, that is true. That is true. So, by Ultron, they're, like, they're Earth's mightiest heroes. Like, and I think it also, no it also aged poorly, the first Avenger aged poorly in that. I get that they want to set up Hydra as like the big bad, but it's like, it's kind of weird that they decide to be like, no, 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 no. The enemy is not Nazis. It's another group. It's like, we're trying to not offend Nazis. Like the, the enemies can also be Nazis. Like they have to make the distinction. Like, no, these guys don't, they, they're separate from Hitler. Like, like why can't Hitler just want these programs to be happening? Cause, anyway. Cause we don't want Hitler protecting the soul stone. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. That would be a choice. Not, <laughs> AC, what has not aged well for you? Okay, so I have two things. First, uh, the relationship with Sharon Carter has aged very poorly in Correct. retrospect with yes. all of the just, there's just a lot happening there. Um, the second thing that I would say aged poorly is again, um, taking part in that watch party yesterday. The writers of uh, Infinity War and Endgame talking about there being two caps. I just I feel like it just confused the hell out of me, and I'm like, what? yeah, what I I don't believe what the Russo convoluted. We 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 didn't suggest it though. Like a lot of people have suggested it. Yeah. seems like with Endgame, especially when he sees the photos, like when he goes back in time and sees all that. Like everyone has kind of suggested, oh, that's probably actually Steve. And even when Peggy yeah. talks about it, and because of like. Uh, because I, I guess at that point she has Alzheimer's, um, so she doesn't speak openly, or she is purposely keeping that secret to keep to honor the whole thing. But yeah, um, it, it messes up some of the at least theories of how we're supposed to understand how time works, too. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, I, those, those were the two things I would say out of anything age the worst. All right, well, I mean. In speaking about what age is best or age is worst, I think we can just look at this and see what exactly we would want to change. Now, I've already kind of sounded off enough, so I'm just going to make it very simple, less Bucky. Guys, AC, what would you change <laughs> when it comes to the character arc story? Um, what I think I would have changed was, uh, I know Infinity War was a situation where there is so many characters um, to kind of, you know, move around and stuff like that. But I would have liked to see a little bit more of what led Steve to the grr beard and, and everything and um, okay. what kind of took place uh, in between that time. Because I feel like there's this gap that really would have been interesting to explore uh, uh, from there. Where it's like Stubble's coming in and he's about to go shave and then like it's just... Um, just like one of his people with him, just like no, keep it, see what happens. You know, and just then that. like that's all we ever see at that time. Yeah, that actually would have been yeah. That could be fun. But I agree, I, but yeah. more, I really want them to explain how Hawkeye got his haircut. That's always the thing I want to know. <laughs> um, Jake, I mean, I think that he's. It's funny. His arc generally is actually like pretty good. Because him and Tony Stark, they do really well where they take an incredibly selfless character and make him make a selfish act and then make take a selfish character and make him make a selfless act. So I think that that, generally speaking, um, is good. I would probably uh, give him a love interest that was not 
the grandniece of the woman that he's gonna marry. <laughs> Honestly, it's just like if I, you know, in hindsight. Very good point. Um, I mean, like if we're talking about love, like I think if anything, uh if we have to keep the same amount of buggy, I don't know, dive into that. <laughs> have Buck, have Bucky saying. have a love interest. How about that? Just saying. Um, okay. Well, all all that said, uh, I just actually want to get to what is the most rewatchable solo movie? I will want to actually shout out another email that we received actually from a very good friend of mine, Eric Giacometti, who uh, works with me at Toronto FC. He, uh, we, we go back and forth and I talk about this pod with him all the time. And anytime we talk anything Marvel related, he needs to remind me that Winter Soldier is the best, the GOAT MCU movie. So just a quick note from him. No question, just hope you enjoy The Greatest Avenger and The GOAT MCU movie with the number one fight scene. The number one fight scene in this case for him is the street fight scene between him and Bucky. Years in Marvel, Long Island. That's where he's from. That's where he hails from. But uh, going to the panel here, yes, Jake, what is your fa- most rewatchable? I wouldn't say, uh, I don't, I think it's kind of different. But I mean, I think that they are different. I think that I have the same answer, though. It's uh, Winter Soldier. I think Winter Soldier, especially okay. with the rewatchability, like it's just, because uh, I think a good hallmark of a rewatchable movie is that like every 20 minutes there's a scene where you're like, uh, or if you're on cable, it's like, Oh shit! I got this, it, it, in like ten minutes. There's gonna be the elevator scene, so I might as well keep this on. Um, and it has so mm. many of those scenes. Fair enough. You see? Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with Jake. Winter Soldier, and I just watched Winter Soldier on Sunday again. And to his point, there's so many rewatchable scenes. You got the Nick Fury car chase. You have the um, Steve showing his strength, running after Winter Soldier after. Nick Fury gets shot. It's just like you could go on and on and on and talk about different scenes and even different lines. Um, the movie, the way the movie begins, on your left, all that stuff, mm-hmm. the the shit fight. Like there's just from pretty much beginning to end, it's it just like it never really stops giving you um the action and intrigue. So uh, definitely, Winter Soldier is the most rewatchable. Uh, I'm gonna deviate from the crew and go with Civil War personally. I'm think it's it it really is antithetical to uh the point that jake makes which i do agree like in terms of like having a top to bottom um like uh wanting to watch it i think winter soldier probably is top to bottom more solid film but in terms of when i think about it and especially because there's so many mcu films and when i think oh i want to watch captain america film i think i want to see the airport battle and i want to see queen's like Tony Stark, Swidey, which has nothing to do with Captain America, but it happens in a Captain America movie. Uh, and hell, I would even want to watch Cat uh, versus Tony versus Winter Soldier. So like those three scenes alone um, give me enough reason to want to watch that. Now, granted, that doesn't necessarily mean I want to see the whole movie, but kind of when I think about rewatching MCU sometimes, it's more I want to see scenes. And so when it comes to that uh, way of looking at it, it's... Uh, it's civil war. Um, yeah, I don't and, think there's. Yeah, you can't make an argument against the civil war. There's just too many good character introductions. Spider-Man, to your point, Black Panther too. Just so many good things in in that movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, speaking about scenes, <laughs> what is everyone's favorite scene in uh, in the Captain America uh, MCU experience? AC. 
this was really, really hard because there's a lot of good fight scenes that he has. Um, uh-huh. Honorable mention, elevator scene. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Honorable mention. There's so many. I think just like hit with like one so you don't. Know yeah, because I was about to say, you're taking mine. Take my answer. Yeah, you took mine too. <laughs> this one. Okay, I'm, all right. So like, I'll go. I'll go with the. I'll go with the one that's my personal favorite. The the Bucky Steve first initial fight in okay. the in the in the street was it's just Jack Metty favorite scene. Yeah, I agree with him there. That the it's because I think I mentioned it on the pod when we recapped the movie. But it was not only the it was the fight. It was the technical artistry, and it was just like almost. I almost want to say it was too clean and how everything was just perfectly choreographed. It was, no, there. It was just it's, it's it was so good that it's almost not Marvel. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's something that Marvel does doesn't do well at all, which is so many Marvel's good fights so clearly are filmed on a soundstage with extensive green screen, and that they clear it like it uses the actual environment so well. Um, in a way, I, I think that that's the best part. It just it feels the score like it's on playing the behind it. Yeah, whoever yeah, whoever the, came the up with the Winter Soldier sound, the that was so good. Yeah. They just so ominous yeah. throughout the movie, but yeah, that yeah, that was my favorite for sure. All right, Jake, talk to us. Elevator. I mean, it's it's just I guess the thing is that like, it's just something you've, I've never seen before in a movie. Like obviously there've been fight scenes in elevators before, but there's never been a fight scene one in a glass elevator. A great choice, and against like 15 people. Like that's the thing. It's like it's and it, and the thing is it doesn't feel. Um, it doesn't have like there's so many things that so many close quarter fight scenes that movies have, which I don't like. Is there's a lot of like just like pushing and like people using their strength, like a lot of like, you know, like a lot right, of like, right, right, right. and there's not a lot of that. It's still very kinetic. There's still a lot of movement. One because the elevator's pretty big, thankfully, <laughs> and because like the the use of like yes. the metal detected, <laughs> like the the uh, magnetic like um, armbands, this is mm-hmm. like. It's such a cool way to get him up, and it's I don't so know. Perfectly choreographed and put together, like bit give bit. him an impediment too in the fight. Mm-hmm. Give yeah, him a ch- sure. chance. Um, <laughs> like one thing, I'll have to credit the elevator scene and your scene too, and really just the Winter Soldier in general. It made a Superman character intriguing and cool. Mm-hmm. Like it just made like someone who like came out of the first Avenger into like just oh damn, this could be hella badass and he still kind of remains at least like true to heart like this happy go- like not happy but like you know good old boy and um that where i come from that doesn't mean what you think it means that anyway. no that's not yeah i took it back immediately <laughs> but like it, yeah but just generally like he it's uh you know what I mean? the boy scout is what yes um but yeah uh for me um i mean elevator fight was definitely up there uh but what i'm thinking about at least just like scenes like those are really well put together in how they're drawn out and how they're choreographed but this one like for me is just like the mm, like the like holy shit moment and it's Mjolnir yeah it's 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 when the hammer happens it's it's the build-up that we've had since Ultron um and still like to a degree like that surprise like there is when you watch it or like at least when i watch it back now there's i can see my emotions in that moment like i can mm-hmm. see the emotion of like that hammer shaking and like remembering myself being like oh shit 
because like there is the brief moment of oh maybe maybe thor's summoning it but then like, mm-hmm. you're, like you're immediately clicking right away as to what happens and then once he gets it and like takes it to thanos like just such an amazing scene yeah so, that was a hell of an achievement just, for them just a high pr in a short amount of time mm-hmm. uh okay so <laughs> moving on we talked about scenes let's talk about lines jake i'm going to start with you what is your favorite line and yeah no, no we'll start with favorite line we'll go to honorable mentions afterward favorite line I don't know. There's a bunch that I like. A lot of the corny ones I think are really funny. Um, you know, I'm, there's I'm a lot really of classic ones. Um, I think that the line I think about a lot, though, is just because it's so iconic in the series, is the sincere. I think it's the sincerity with which he says this is going to be such. A, this could be like a quippy thing. The sincerity with which he says, and we'll do that together too. When Tony says, yeah. oh, "We'll lose," because, like I said, that could be so a joke like and we'll lose we'll do that together too like that's in almost every character who could say that line would read as a joke but he's so pure in a way that like it's like yeah you know what like he losing's you know not ideal but if you're gonna lose do it with you know the people you love i i think um it's chris simmons almost does not get enough credit for how he plays that character with zero irony mm-hmm. especially when you think about like the previous characters that he has think about him in knives out and really just like as johnny storm or any of these other ones he's usually this snarky very smug person and the fact that he can embody captain america and deliver lines it's, like that it's with- so hard for actors yeah. to play characters with no sense of irony because actors generally are such like it's the kind of person who wants to become an actor is someone who has a very keen sense of irony because you're right. you're actively pretending to be something and chris evans is someone who in his like regular life watch any like he's very funny quippy like he definitely mm-hmm. is fully aware and like that sense of irony is so hard to get rid of in a performance and he does it like he just never tells a lie as captain america and that is something that's essential to the character because if you don't believe, because he believes in so much, and if you're going to take that seriously, you have to believe everything he says. And he really does. He sells it. For sure. Um, AC, and I stress one quote. Yeah, Avengers assemble mainly because, it, you know, it, it takes me back to reading all these books, it takes me back to watching the cartoons. Um, it's a line that's synonymous of what the adventures are. So, you know, after getting that little tease in Age of Ultron, I was like, oh, that's that's pretty funny. But I think the way that um, Chris Evans sells it in the moment, he lets that, that yell out, Avengers! You know, the way oh, that yeah. he says it? And then, and then with the gritty assemble, it's just like, the, yes. The way he does it and the way you, like, I tend to read it when I see it in comics. And even when it gets depicted in some of the uh, animated films, it's never like that. Right. And they're just, like, just how he particularly nails it is just, like, it's kind of similar to what I was saying before with the whole Winter Soldier and, like, turning the Boy Scout into, like, a genuine, like, oh, I fuck with this guy. Yes. Like, he, like Avengers Assemble is such a corny-ass line. And <laughs> how it really he is. sells it. Uh, is just so uh, like he made it sound him. cool for sure for sure yeah um okay well i'm gonna go like since we talked about uh i, I like to go kind of in the sillier territory um i feel this actually so perfectly captures 
uh, Steve Rogers constantly dealing with being a person at a time. I am Steve Rogers. Mm, great line. <laughs> true. Very true. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, like, I mean, even going back to Moaz's thing, like, this is a person who just met, like, an alien and is trying to be, like, very respectful yeah. to the mm-hmm. alien, but also, and, like, and try to communicate in such a way. And it's just, it's so innocent, which is right. also funny because he's, like, the biggest motherfucker out here. Um, I think the thing that sells that line for me is how he uses his hand to, like, gesture towards his, oh, like, yes, I'm this. Steve Rogers. I am Steve Rogers. We are communicating <laughs> this. It's so good. It's really okay, good. so since we've each gotten our top out of the way, AC, I'm going to leave the floor to you. You can throw out a couple of your honorable mentions because I know you have it. Okay, one that's, like, really, like, actually gotten to me in retrospect is this is the fight of our lives, and we're going to win. And... And it's not just him saying it, it's how everybody in the room sells it. Tony's yeah. incredulous yeah. look, and then secondly, it goes from incredulous to like, you know what, man, it's really cool to be working with this guy again. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Rocket, with the he's really good at that. And then, and then, and then um, Paul Rudd with the perfect, like, yeah, right? Edmund <laughs> is definitely that... Uh, character that Springthorpe was actually looking for, the one who is in awe of Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, Jake, do you have any others? Um, I think that, that that's... I think that the uh, whole language runner, even though he doesn't have all the lines, um, is really funny in Age of Ultron. Um, and then I think that... I think that the, the meme kind of ruined it, but... The way Chris Evans plays the I understood that reference line, because the thing right. that the meme doesn't show is that he's excited, like, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, oh. It's and then and everyone, like, yeah. looks at him, like, what the fuck are you doing? And he just has to, like, I understood that reference. <laughs> like, right, that right, just, right. Yeah, I don't oh, know. It's so funny. I love that. That is, uh, it's so sincere. It's so sweet. Um, going back to your Avengers Assemble line, another fan service line that he does very early on in his tenure in the Avengers, Hulk, smash. Yeah, I, I like, and that one is just as much because of its right. service, but just like also in the kind of way where uh, Chris, like, for again, being this character who is without irony, like, Chris Evans or like Captain America gets a lot of like the wink wink to the camera type moments, mm-hmm. like the ones that, like, you well, know, real ones know. he can sell those. Like, that's the thing because he can sell the fan yes, service entirely. lines fall flat because they don't sound real in the moment. And but if you have mm-hmm. a character who can make anything sound sincere. Well, you can have any fan service line you want. Exactly. Um, I, I mean, this basically wraps up everything that we were going to cover when it comes to it. Uh, guys, another character down. AC, any final thoughts when we're closing out on Captain America? Um, two. One, let me just throw in one more line because I think that <laughs> I can do this. I'm sorry. I just like no, no, to hit, do that. Like, um, I yeah. Um, the, I can do this all day fighting Tony for after sure. he basically gets his ass kicked um, for, um, for a good minute there. Lesser known B side of that one. You get hurt, hurt them back. You get killed, walk it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's They're, a good like, one too. That's like that's one of those where oh, I might actually ride into battle with this guy. Like that's that's some were, real, honestly. That's some real southern football coach energy right there oh it's it's a thousand percent that yeah 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 my my uh high school football coach not that i played high school football but the coach (laughs) at my high school for football 
definitely mm-hmm. w- would have said that. It wouldn't have sounded like that. It would have been like, you get killed, walk it off. But yeah, he definitely yeah, right, said right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, okay, um, so, the, so the, one, the one thing I did want to say, like in conclusion about the character, um, just shout out to Chris Evans because yeah. initially when, when this started, I remember the first thing I said when I found out that he was playing uh, Steve Rogers and I said, wait a minute, this dude was just a human torch. I don't think he could pull this off. And he pulled it off. He did. And like, I, I'm thinking about his character in like Scott Pilgrim where mm-hmm. I, just, I just think about Chris Evans, like in the loser. I mean, like, yeah, cause Chris, is, he's basically making, he's basically making fun of the idea of being Chris Evans in Scott Pilgrim. And that's before he takes on the biggest role of his career. Like, right. so he, yeah. And I mean, like, when you see him in his cameo as Loki being him in Dark World, like, to me, like, that is, like, what you kind of thought Chris Evans was when you think of Chris Evans as Captain America. Um, But no, entirely to your point, like, really shout out. Because one thing we talked about on the last episode was, like, Robert Downey Jr. was so good at Tony Stark, but kind of embodied him. Yeah. Whereas, like, Mm -hmm. from the bat, we didn't necessarily think that to be the case with Chris Evans. And that's also, like... I think going deeper into his catalog, you realize like he actually has like a ton of serious roles and he's a very good actor in that regard. But mm-hmm. at least the way we know him in that space and comic book movies or like blockbusters or action movies, like he's just not that kind of character. So it's really no. impressive that he does that. Yeah, I think, and I th- the thing I think about with Chris Evans a lot is that it's important to remember that he had to be convinced to do that like a million times. Like he really didn't want to be Captain America. Um, because he didn't want to do another big franchise. He didn't want to commit to it. He kind of like was talking about how he, like, he really wasn't in love with acting anymore because of all these big blockbuster movies he was doing. And Robert Downey Jr. talked him into it. And the fact of the matter is like, when you hear that, you'd be like, you know what? I get it if he's you know not necessarily the most enthusiastic or like not giving the best performances. But like even though he has said many times he didn't want to do it, he really still gave everything. And I think he he made the character more well-rounded and like serious and interesting. I think by the very virtue that he was playing him and he wasn't going to just play the voice, the pure boy scout. Cause he's like, yeah, if I'm going to yeah. fucking act in this movie for this many months, I'm not gonna do something I don't want to do. And there's so much of him that is uh, deepened because I think that you have someone who, you know, I think that Chris he Evans... even more layers than... Yeah, Chris uh, Evans, like, is... Yeah. I think we're lucky that Chris Evans is, like, an r- incredibly skilled actor while also happening to be in the body of, like, you know, the perfectly assembled American male. Like, <laughs> most people who look like Chris Evans are not... Most actors who look like Chris Evans aren't good actors, you know? So, like, I think right. that we were really lucky that we got someone... Um, because I know what fucking John Krasinski was going in for. I don't think uh, he would be doing. He'd be looking at the camera after Avengers Assemble. Oh, real funny! I said Avengers Assemble right from the comics. I mean, are, are we getting John Krasinski at some point now in MCU? I mean, I mean that's one of the rumors. that he's been yeah. fantastic for. I, uh, you know, yeah, I'm a little dubious once again because he's by the time the movie gets made, he's gonna be like 45 years old, and I think it's a little too early, Mister Fantastic. Right. That's my hair there. Which actually does that work for Mister Fantastic like decently? Ah. I don't know. I guess it depends. I don't know about the comics, but I guess the thing I always think about is it's okay. If there's, if there's if there's a if there's a <laughs> if they have a similar arc to like Tony Stark and Captain America, then we're getting a fifty-five-year-old Mister Fantastic. And I don't know if how how much that reads. 
Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, also, well, I just don't want John Krasinski to be sadistic. I know. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really. He's I'm not cerebral. Really he doesn't have True. like the. He's not quiet. He's not. Because Mister Fantastic is also oh, someone who doesn't have a quiet, time. He was in a quiet place, sure. and he was pretty sure. quiet until sure. he didn't but have to. Mister Fantastic is, is also someone who like has to have a certain belief. Like he's so he has to be so sincere about his belief in like science and stuff like that. Whereas like right. John Krasinski just is. I would say the embodiment because I mean obviously most because of the office, but like he's embodies irony in a lot of ways. That like I don't know, I'm just I don't want to see it. Now Emily Blunt is the invisible woman, I you could talk me into, but um Fair yes. yeah. anyway. Um Yeah, well I mean yeah, close rounding it out, like this like even though I ha- don't te- really have them high on my rankings. Like, really, this is by far the most consistent because even when it comes to the first adventure, there's nothing egregiously bad. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. The first- it's the worst of the three, mm-hmm. but in terms of like, it's what an average MCU film is that what fair to say? Yeah, yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. it's definitely a li- it's definitely more. Um... Like the way I was like to put it is that the guy who directed the first Avenger also directed family movies like the original Jumanji and like that's the right. problem. The problem with it is it's a bit like treacly, but other than that, you know. But, like I mean, thankfully for that, because it was supposed to be kind of be a period piece, like yeah, it 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 saved itself in terms yeah. of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, another one down. Uh, we got what Thor next? Is that the Thor one? is up next? All right. Hey. And uh, we might bring a spring Thor into that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, nice, yeah. nice. Well played, Jerome. Well, well done. played. Uh, yeah. You. So you can follow me at the J. Christie. Because I, I didn't know if you were forgetting to do that. I apologize if you were going to get to it. No, no, no. Uh, no right follow the show right. at MC University Pod. Right, if you subscribe, I do a podcast with something called The Definitive List. Anyway, Jerome, sorry. No, no, that's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> where I wanted to be. AC, where can we find you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight95. Um, Check out the Cal the Dings Patreon. Uh, they got the the wonderful uh, After Dark shows, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Really cool. And if you want to find me there, TV Book Club with Anthony Mays, Eden Liu, and Jake Hoy. Did the season finale of Better Call Saul last week, which was tremendous. Like, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, you should check out Better Call Saul. It's a really good show. And obviously, check out this show, uh, Marvel oh, yeah. Cinematic University. Rate, review, and subscribe. Give us some more <laughs> reviews. Say, mm-hmm. review Share five with star, a friend. Five star, I five star, five I haven't star. looked at the reviews. I kind of want to read these. Uh, uh, so we, have, we have 65 I read, reviews. I read one reviews. bad review from yeah, Sword History early on, and I still remember some of the wordage of it, so I'm not going to look at the reviews. Um, <laughs> I you know, Jerome, I'll screenshot them and send some I of them to you. The person said that I lack some of the characteristics that makes up human a person, which I don't think that's true at all, but you know, it happens. Oh, it happens. Uh, you can find me at Black Dragon Roll, um, and you can find more of these episodes coming out soon. Uh, the Marvel stuff is being delayed, mm-hmm. but we are finding different ways to really just like talk yep. about this thing that we love. Mm-hmm. So, just wait till we do more X Men Fox movies. Yep. Oh, yeah. oh dear. <laughs> Can't wait. Yep. We're, we're uh, getting right. to them. Bye, guys. Right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>